The idea of what freedom means to each individual is like a box of chocolates. And not just because you never know what you're going to get if you asked, but also because people usually give boxes of chocolates to those they love. And love is another term like freedom where its meaning is heavily reliant on that person's direct experience with said term. So, we all have a different comprehension of what freedom is. But now let's challenge that with our choice in perspective may be our only true free will. Now, if you enjoy a healthy challenge to the things you thought you had locked down and understood, then this episode may be the mind-expanding perspective and catalyst for furthering your internal growth practice. Now, it was a fun one to record because it is right up my alley, and I enjoyed getting my mind blown along with the rest of you viewers. Now, the last few episodes, I have been issuing challenges, and I'm just using it as, uh, you know, possibly people out there need a little bit of motivation to make some subtle changes in their lives. So after listening to this episode, I wanted to challenge everyone to do something different in your routine. Maybe go outside, take off your shoes and your socks, and do some grounding. Walk around in the grass and allow that natural healing resonance to vibrate through you. Or maybe try some gardening. Get down, get dirty, get your knees dirty, put your hands in the sand, touch plants. Maybe even talk to them. Make a, make a friend. <laughs> hug a plant, hug a tree. Or maybe even go around to your family talking using a potholder as a mouth. Do something creative and watch how your energy and your life and that, that same old routine seems to change and open up and bring in that new energy. And as always, Alexander and I want to thank you so much for listening and working on you. And now, let's relax and let's journey. Wise with Aaron and Alexander uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness conscious communication and emotional responsibility welcome to the 94th episode of the wise wise podcast Alexander how are you doing man I'm doing good and wow 94 we're getting close to that 100 mark that that is that will be four years worth of material for everybody out there. So quite a journey. uh, Pretty much any topic that you have a question on, we may (laughs) have an episode for you. And of course, we discuss tools and techniques to assist your journey on finding your authentic self and conscious relationships and emotional responsibility. Managing those emotions to keep us connected to that higher vibration in life, uh, whatever everyone wants to call that. Um, But just from the basic standpoint that our emotions take us away from that uh, higher connection and that for many people, the emotions dictate their uh, happiness, their contentment or lack thereof. 
And so this is by no means uh, supporting any kind of suppression, but actually learning to process emotions and enhance uh, communication. And so I think we've uh, had a great time doing this so far and I'm looking forward to continuing. And we're coming off a quick break for Alexander's birthday. Yes. Birthday boy here. And he is uh, relishing in all that new birthday energy at the beginning of your birth year. You do get a whole new energy for your new year. And yeah, that's something exciting. that that can be seen in the Destiny Card Reports, well year, said. yearly birth card reports that Alexander can also help you with. Yeah, because from the basic understanding that our energy is the strongest at our birthday and then slowly it wanes. And that's why Eastern sages suggest not doing anything for the last uh, few weeks of your birth year. Um, because that's when you're ruled by Neptune and your energy is the weakest. So you're supposed to be preparing for the upcoming launch, so to say. And so that's why we're excited about a lot of new classes and performances, sound journeys coming and uh, continuation with the book. And so we've got a lot of um, exciting things on the horizons. So today we have a treat for me. (laughs) I love talking about uh, freedom we're going to do this episode on freedom. Um, it's something that I have contemplated in my past. Just on the concept of freedom is something I think uh, little people think about, let alone understand. I think we're just told that, you know, you have freedom and to celebrate it and people just, you know, go about their business and do the, do those things on certain days. But we're here to talk about freedom in a whole other aspect, different from what I've ever considered. And I'm really excited to get into this kind of like the the energetic side of freedom in relation to uh, how we relate to it and how our emotions and our mindsets are connected to it in our experiences. Yes, and we're going to break it down to, once again, the five levels and to see it through the physical, the mental, the emotional, the energetic, and the spiritual and so hopefully we'll just shine some light in some areas that maybe people haven't considered before. By no means am I looking to look to be an authority on the subject of freedom, but um, but I know it's a subject you've been looking forward to discussing here on the podcast, and I am excited to get into it. And uh, once again, if anything here is said that offends anyone in any way, know that that is not our intention and to please reach out uh, for a little bit of clarity, and we we love uh, clearing up any misunderstandings in that way. The intention is for overall wellness um, on all five of these levels is the perspective of the just philosophy. And my excitement to talk about this subject is obviously because it's one that I have an interest in, but also because you have said things throughout past episodes, and we've had conversations about free will and what we really have true control over in our lives. And that kind of stimulates that freedom discussion for me. And so one thing that you've said in a, in a few recent podcasts is the one free will we may have is in our perceptions. Yes. And um, the way that that flows just a little bit smoother is we may not have as much free will as we really think that we do. And our one true free will may reside in our perceptions. And so seeing that from the big picture view that when it comes down to 
that true free will. We're being influenced through all of our senses constantly, whether it's through our foods that we eat that doesn't have the nourishment. Uh, so see, even when something doesn't give us what it was designed to, that's still a, a type of manipulation. And, and of course, the smells that there are so many uh, smells that uh, alter there are chemical spells, and you get it just get into every level the sedentary lifestyle of many Americans. And so, looking at all these different influences the emotional influences, knowing that we were influenced by our family, by our culture, by our government, by our school system. So, see, a big part of this work to find your authentic self is deconstructing all of that through non judgment, is the just philosophies. Uh, position is to deconstruct all this while not casting blame, but just understanding where it came from and realizing that it is standing in your power when you decide to truly become an adult by this deconstruction of the things and that have been taught us through either resonating with it or through resistance to it. Because see, if we have an experience in life and it pushes us to an extreme in either way, then that still influenced us majorly. So I, I have a you know a, a deep feeling that the more you listeners really look at the depth of this, that uh, you may resonate more and more as we go on through the the conversation here. Yeah, that's a good way to start the conversation off. It is going down the rabbit hole really fast if, if the listeners can really think about what you just said, where we're really influenced in almost any decision or any thought that we make in our entire lives. Yes. There's, there's a radio program, TV program talking in the background. There's our parents, our friends, uh, our music. Like you, you even mentioned smells. If you're walking down the street and you smell a... Uh, a bake shop making an apple pie. You didn't want apple pie until you smelled that. Right, right, yes. So when we really take time to get still and think about everything that influences us in our life, it it really boils down to what do we have left that's yeah. really, truly us. I mean, literally almost every single facet. And so, you know, sometimes people, especially as private clients, will ask me about, the stages of loneliness that people go through when they start doing this type of work uh, to discover your authentic self and stop playing the roles and the patterns of your family and, and friends and that kind of thing. And it is, uh, you know, I will say that, yes, it is a lonely path, but when you meet others that are on that path, the depth is so much deeper. So you still get, from my perspective, more of a reward. It's just that... Uh, this work is really calls you to be responsible for all of your actions, all of your words, no more blaming, no more victimhood, and truly stepping into the power of that authentic self. And again, studying the human design and the destiny card system from an astrological cosmic standpoint helps you to understand your energetic makeup, which really determines how we understand or take in our environment uh, from birth. And so that can help us to understand the training or the adaptation that we went through because when we have a picture of the way we were authentically, divinely designed, and then we have an understanding of where we are, 
it can be easier than most people understand or see to see where you've been so influenced by your family and your environment and that type of thing. And so, you know, my heart goes out to everyone out there that is doing the work and breaking these patterns, whether they're family patterns or personal patterns that you've picked up to get you closer and closer to that authentic self. Taking that moment to review all of our influences in our lives, it's all, it's like using consciousness to identify where, and I'm going to bring in a word that we've been talking about a lot lately, where our preferences lie. Where did these preferences come from? And we, we have done an episode on influences, which I will include the link in the show notes. But you also mentioned responsibility. And that, I think that's a great point because once you become aware of where, the, where your influences are in your personality and where they come from, then you can't really deny responsibility for them. It's almost like you take responsibility for where they come from and then you now give yourself the power to have the choice to change wherever right. you see fit, right? Or not. Yeah, yeah. And, and so one time I was having a conversation with my brother and he asked me my opinion on something. And I don't remember what it was. I think it was a political conversation. And I just chose to say, um, you know, I don't give my opinion in social situations. And he said, everybody gives their opinion. And I said, no, I'd, I do my best to give information that I've learned or studied. But as far as my opinion, opinion is what creates debates and arguments and wars even. And so I like to suggest to people, don't pay any attention to my opinion, me included. And we should learn to not to defend our opinions, but possibly share facts, share information. And don't be so quick to to choose a side or to judge against uh, someone else's side because you're not being open to all the information. You're limiting yourself which is putting yourself in a box. So one time I was, when I was talking to my brother, I said, yeah, I said, you think that you think for yourself, right? And you're an individual. And he said, oh, absolutely. I said, do you know why you drive a Ford truck? Because your daddy drove a Ford truck. Do you know why you're a Republican? Because your daddy was a Republican. Do you know why you have an international tractor? Because that's the kind of tractor your dad had. So see, there was no negative view on that. It was just that, that was stuff that I had looked at and chose not to follow down those similar paths while not judging my father. But see, my brother looks at that as he is continuing the family lineage. I mean, he's proud of that. So see, neither one of us is right or wrong. He's just choosing to continue the family patterns and the family lineage. And I'm choosing to break that lineage and establish from my perception, healthier views and healthier approaches to healing and to wellness. And part of that is not putting so much importance on my so-called opinion. And in regards to what you were talking about with your brother, he may also feel like some loyalty to that because your dad supported that those brands that he uh, he, I don't know, he may get something from that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's very true. And many times the family lineage is seen as that, as loyalty. And many people even that have crests or they're, they're very proud of that. And see, I support that. That happens to not be my journey. I'm not ashamed of my family by any means. They were all beautiful people. But at the same time, I feel that my work here is to uh, change that ripple 
uh, not judge it, but change and have a more uh, beneficial effect on my kids. And I think that that should be the purpose of most families, to see your child do it better than you did. And I think if we can get as a culture back to that kind of mentality, and I feel like that was the way it was in the olden days when a tribe raised the children, not just the parents, but the the grandparents and even the the community was involved in raising the kids. And that's just a it's a well-rounded approach, and we've gotten so far away from that. And now, you know, families will fight, uh, different races will fight, just because they're defending these things that they were, many of them were taught to defend. And I just want everybody, I just want to give everybody the opportunity to just look at all of that family lineage, look at the things that you stand firmly behind, and just ask where did this begin and have I really given myself a chance to see it as clearly as I can as an individual and move forward in an empowered way rather than just a dictatorial way or a more lazy way to where you just continue the process the way that it's been presented to you. And right now in our culture, we're we're at odds. Almost everyone is in trying to decide what to defend. And I think that's a little bit of why we decided to do this podcast around freedom and what exactly is freedom. Yeah, we talked about the the sum of our preferences do kind of make up our personality, but I did want to bring in another word there that people can maybe connect to, which is identity. And like your brother, those things may make up his identity so much that he's afraid to let them go for whatever reason. And it brings me to a story as well that I may have told before, but I'm actually realizing that it's more it's a more common story than I thought because this guy who I hired to cut down some trees in my yard a while back mentioned it to me and I thought it was a personal story of his. But, but he mentioned that his mom would always cut off the ends of a roast mm-hmm. when she put it in the oven. And he had asked her why she does that. And she said it's because what her mom had always done. And so she got curious and she asked her mom why it was done and she didn't know. So she like asked somebody else in the family because I think like that generational figure was no longer with them. But it ended up being that their first oven just wasn't big enough for the roast. (laughs) So like things like that, we don't know why. Like like your dad bought an international tractor. Maybe it was because the one that he really wanted wasn't available. Right. And so maybe well, it's not the best sale. model or, yeah. you know, it, it really comes down to like, what is your, int- you know, asking yourself what your intention is. Is it just to follow through on whatever your dad put into place or is it really to find the best tractor for yourself, you know? Right, right. And that, that does, you know, take some individualism because when we truly separate our personality from that higher self or more authentic self, see, most people defend their personality, and they are defending these lineages that's been passed on. And part of changing your perception or perspective of life in general is stopping the need to defend things about yourself or, or your views because it brings in a simple saying that I like to use often of truth doesn't need to be defended you can say it once, and as long as everyone heard it, they're either going to resonate with you or they're going to go against it, 
And the more that you try to go against the one that's going against you, you're just exhausting energy that I've never seen someone change their mind during opposition. I'm not saying it's never happened. I've just never seen it in my 51 years of being here. But I have seen people change their view when they feel received, when they feel non-judgment, especially when they know the person, the other person has a different view. Because what that does is it shows a comfort. It shows an acceptance that there doesn't have to be a challenge here just because we see this differently. And see, those are the wise people that I seek out. The ones that have no reason to prove either you're in resonance with me or you're not. And I'm going to respect your view, but now we can just change the subject. And right now there's so many subjects in our culture that people are basically being led to choose an opposing view, one or the other. And it's just not that black and white. <laughs> but the more that the media and the government can make it seem that way, they're going to continue to create this divide. And of course, the you know bringing this back to a pillar of the five pillars of the just philosophy, polarity versus duality, in the view of polarity, these different views have to coexist. In the view of duality, <laughs> one view feels like it has to overcome and beat the other view. But this plane that I have observed is, is the plane of polarity. It is the plane that is created by opposites. It doesn't have to be viewed as good and bad, right and wrong. And many times we use the analogy consistently through here as a battery. Battery has a positive and negative poles, and they carry energy. So see, anywhere where energy is available, which is everywhere, everything is energy, there has to be a positive and negative pole. That means there has to be opposing sides. See, in my view, the side that wins ultimately is the one that exerts the least emotional reaction. They're conserving their energy and they're building their energy. So see, I'm not against people choosing sides. I just find very little that I need to choose a side about because I'm accepting that as soon as I choose a side, the opposite has to exist. And so this can conserve a lot of energy for people to work on their family lineage and their internal habits instead of defending these external situations of so-called right and so-called wrong when the circumstances and the variables are the key. So I feel that we will get to a more flexible view but right now, like many growth processes, we're going through the most ugly and strenuous friction of this opposition being presented to us. But I do still have uh, faith and hope in the people um, that they'll, t they'll tire of this, this path and these opposing views. And um, I already see it in the younger people. They're just not willing to take sides like um, the us that have been from older generations. And to all my brothers and sisters out there who feel it's necessary to take a side, to take a stand on something they believe deeply inside of them, I just want to share a different way of saying what Alexander was just saying that has really helped me to understand the pillar of polarity versus duality is when you put energy into taking your stand 
you are actually growing the opposing view. So no matter how much energy that you put into it, if it is, you know, coming from this, this emotional, this passionate, you know, energy where you're, you're being forceful and you're, you're denying that other aspect, the opposing view, you're only proving them in their minds correct and you are growing that opposing energy. And that has been like one of the, and continues to be the biggest pillar throughout everything that's going on in the world. For me, viewing it in this lens has made it more comfortable for me to leave my hard stance on the issues that I have been passionate about and go more into the center and just sit back and watch it unfold non-judgmentally, but viewing the old aspects of myself. And because I've learned a lot about myself and about the energy, like I've said in the episode of why do we do the work where I can't prove this this, uh, these pillars, this philosophy wrong. I haven't been able to. And this is just one way where I can really see the energy. The more one side digs in, the more the other side digs in. And I think that has been the role of the media and, and whatever messages have been given to the mass, it has been the black and white. It's usually not black and white. It's usually somewhere in the middle. It's right. usually not this person's perspective or this person's, you know, in, when, when a cop is going to both sides, it's usually somewhere in the middle. And I think we've lost that. Mm-hmm. And, and this, this practice, this pillar, you know, really brings us back to that. Well, I think, uh, you know, an analogy that I want to bring in to piggyback on that is just, uh, let's say, an athletic view. And let's just pick basketball for the sake of argument right now. And you've got the two best players in the world, whoever that is right now and I don't have any idea who that is but let's just uh, put hypotheticals out there that these are two best non-disputed best players in the world and they battle some people likes one some people like the other see it's always interesting that somebody's always liked by somebody no matter how left field they are there will always be people that support and like them and then they battle and somebody so-called wins the game, the tournament, or whatever, then that person that won, that now is the best for this time, time is going to take care of that because that person can only be the best for a limited amount of time. And then there's going to be a younger person that comes along that whether he's actually better or not, or she's actually better or not, this person's talent is decreasing while the other person's talent is increasing. So when you see that view that that's the way that most all energy works, that is the the laws within physics and and why breaking this subtle energy stuff down is so useful from a practical standpoint, because see that that winner can't hold that forever. So so see, energy is always moving. So no matter who thinks they're right, no matter who thinks that they are the best or the winner or whatever, even if you are, you've got a limited amount of time to where that's the case. And then there's going to be something else because evolution is always changing and moving in the direction to for growth and for shifting. And, you know, we can look at pictures of the earth over many years and see how you know, deserts have become oceans and oceans become deserts. And, 
And that's the way the human experience is and that we we have these so-called highs and lows. But here's the key to bring this back around, that our perception is what determines that so-called high or low, not the actual event, but our perception of the event. I want to say that one more time. It's not actually the event or the experience that determines our mood or our emotional uh, ride. It's just our perception of that event. And this is why many people can that I work with, they grew up with, say, three or four siblings. And when you talk to each one of those siblings, they will describe their parents extremely different. But they grew up at the same time. See, the only thing that's different is their perspective, and their perspective is somewhat dictated by their energetic makeup or their cosmic or astrological picture, and then that in combination with the events of the environment. So bringing that back around to see that how powerful this perception, and if we're going to focus on any freedom being taken from us or any free will that we really have— is to exercise our perception beyond our preferences, realizing that all of our preferences, most of them have been trained. So see, when you begin doing this deep level of energetic work with your perception, you move past your personal preferences to truly seek whether you want to call it truth or or knowledge or enlightenment or whatever you want to call that. You can potentially only reach that through the practice of non-preference. Because if you have a preference, you're influencing what you're perceiving. So I think this is hopefully coming across empowering that people can realize how much energy they're potentially wasting externally, being forced basically and influenced to choose a side when you can take that energy and turn it internal to truly look at your perceptions and how you look at things and are you truly looking at it from a wide view or from a very limited view of how you've been trained. So let's bring in uh, taking a stand because I, I had just mentioned it and how what had helped me move more towards the neutrality view of a light versus dark argument. But but this is something that does come up and it is being said that we we are in this current battle between light versus dark and some people are feeling like they have to take a stand on one of these black versus white issues. And I'm not even talking racially there. I'm, I'm really talking about whatever the issue Good, is bad. that they Good are being concerned bad. with that people are inherently divided into two groups with. And so let's get into what does taking a stand do from the five levels of aspect? If I, if I decide to take a stand, you know, what can I look to on how it's going to affect me on all five levels? Well, see, um, anywhere that you want growth, friction has to be involved. And so, see, uh, growth is both deterioration is growth and healing is growth. The energy is moving one way or another. You're either deteriorating or you are getting uh, more close to wellness. And so when we choose a definitive side, it takes away our flexibility. And if anyone has ever been through any kind of um, uh, storm in life, 
and we'll switch that now view to nature and visualize a tree in a storm and how trees are rooted so they're very grounded but at the same time they were designed to bend with the wind and sometimes when the winds are so strong i've seen trees literally touch the ground and then when the wind passes it it comes upright again so so seeing that nature gives us an example of non rigidity in both animals and the plant world this something i've observed is the flexibility of nature so if we want to thrive and then it has been suggested that we live more like nature so when we make a stand we become rigid and something that is rigid is much easier to break than something that is flexible so See, when you get to your truth, past a perception, past an idea, past an opinion, then there's no more need to defend, only to inform. So, say that I make a comment that the sky is blue today. And somebody goes, well, it's kind of overcast. It looks a little bit more gray to me. See, I can go, well, behind the clouds, the sky is blue. I can choose to be right (laughs) and be rigid. But how's that going to come across to the other person? Maybe if I'm flexible and I just go, you know what? Yeah, the sky is kind of gray today. See, I know the sky is blue in my truth. Do I really need to prove it to that person to belittle them, to make them feel less than in any way? Do I gain anything in that? Maybe we get in an argument. Maybe we end a friendship. Just because of semantics and, and the way these two people are just choosing at the time to look at that subject. So taking that, that view and putting it on any subject. See... Uh, anybody that wants to make a stand, anyone that wants to protest, anyone that wants to choose a side, I give you high fives. I'm not saying you're doing anything wrong. My objective is to help people on five levels of wellness, to work toward wellness no matter what you're doing in your life. And part of that path is not seeing a need to make a stand, to defend, to argue, to push, to influence See, there's a difference between influencing and informing. Nothing's needed more than informing. But people influence. They push their opinions. It can be because they doubt their opinion and they need your approval to make them feel comfortable about their opinion. But see, when I see people that don't need to defend that opinion, hmm, which is very rare, those are normally the people that carry a different vibration. So in this, seeing that, that rigidity of choosing a side, and let's say that there are um, in agreement that there are two sides that are at so-called war. Okay, once again, I can accept that. But see, there's nothing to win. There's nothing to beat. All I need to do is every day show up for my so-called white team or light team. And my job is to... Whatever interactions I have with people or situations is not to allow it to weaken my vibration. 
My job is to keep my vibration at a high rate and to affect people that I come in contact with in the most beneficial way as possible. That has nothing to do with whether I'm right or wrong. Again, another saying is, would you rather be right or would you rather be useful? See, I'd rather be useful. I used to want to be right, but that meant that somebody had to be wrong. And that meant that there's going to be friction and that the growth is probably going to be downward rather than upward. So all of you people that are passionate about whatever the cause is, see, I'm not suggesting to get rid of that passion. I'm just suggesting to look at it a little bit deeper, see if, how you can conserve energy in that area and put that passion and that energy into a more useful way to develop what you feel is for your highest good or the highest good of the people you're interested in. So, so that's just a different view when there's nothing to beat, but you show up for your team every day and you take the blows, you take the injuries, and you show up the next day stronger. And see, the visual of that, even if it's as the example of the two basketball players, see, for the one that carries less ego and is able to humbly be the best and accept that next person that's coming in to replace them, and this has happened to where sometimes they'll even take them under their wing and help them to replace them. See, they're going to get replaced. No matter what, time is going to make sure that you get replaced in every situation that you're in. So you can either go through it through your perception of resistance and duality, or you can go through it the perception of acceptance and polarity and make love with that friction rather than fight it frictionally. Yeah, when you choose to take a side in a black versus white argument or or take a stand on one of those sides and, you know, people are relatively divided 50-50, you're now taking, allegedly, taking the responsibility of trying to persuade or, I mean, I guess like you said, you're kind of persuading yourself in a way, but, but persuade 50% of the population. I mean, they're against you. So... In my experience, that has uh, led to draining of energy. You get exhausted very quickly trying to convince everybody yes. <laughs> or that 50% of the population that you're right. And you may only be, uh, be on person one and you're already mm -hmm. exhausted. And if you're going to continue that stance, then I guess you're signing up to the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. Keep, you know, keep trying to argue your side yeah exactly it's a never-ending side and i guess if somebody is interested in wellness and that's the perspective we're bringing here then this is something to really think about and i i've been there i've been on the other side and i am interested in wellness and not that constant struggle but at the same time you also carry the in the incarnation cross with the human design the the incarnation cross of laws so Freedom is very important to you and how, you know, how you view that is what's important, you know, really to you and to me, not the stands that you take, but how you're choosing to view it, because that's what's going to determine how intimately we connect or how intimately you connect with anyone, because the more stern you are on subjects, the less people you have to communicate about them 
or you just create an echo chamber to where you are just saying the same information over and over and you're not open to any challenge, you know, and that was a big part of when we first met approximately five years ago or so, um, you know, that's what I presented to you. You know, I welcomed you to find where this philosophy fails you and let me know where that is from an all five level perspective. See, there are some people that come to me and say, well, can you help me be more successful in my job? Well, see, I could answer that. Well, yes, but that's not really what I do. I help you to be more successful in all areas of your life kind of simultaneously because if you focus on any one area, then the other four suffer. And that's what our culture is used to, that you choose something, you know, the whole Nike thing of just do it, or you can be anything that you want to be. Hey, those are all beautiful words, but please add, but there's a cost (laughs) let's add that, that yes, you can go and work out and you can be the best bodybuilder in the world, but you may not have anyone to share that experience with because you didn't put any time into your healing, your wellness, your communications with those around you. So this is why so many so-called successful people that are very wealthy or feel the most alone. Uh, So, so this view is to really focus on all five of those levels, again, the physical, mental, emotional, energetic, and spiritual, all simultaneously for optimal wellness. And again, echoing what we mentioned at the beginning of the last episode, we're not saying don't do this or immediately cut it out of your life. We're saying first analyze your preferences, you know, maybe your influences, where they all came from, and then decide you know, which ones still resonate with you. And maybe take a deeper look at some of the ones that may not. And, and any of the ones that that don't resonate anymore, you don't have to go into judgment and go tell your family or friends, hey, you shouldn't be doing this or you shouldn't think this way. See, that's the finger pointing. And any time you catch yourself finger pointing, please stop. Please put yourself in a timeout to get back to an accepting vibration. Because, see... You couldn't have saw that it was so-called wrong for you now if it hadn't been taught and introduced to you and you followed it for a certain amount of time and then started seeing the cost. That's how wisdom works is you take information and experience and you draw a different conclusion. And so our culture in the world right now is so thirsty for wisdom and everybody is chasing intelligence and that's why we're in the situation that we are right now and choosing these opposing sides because that's done through intelligence, not wisdom. I wanted to get into the concept of feeling like you're losing your freedoms because every day we have Congress making new laws or you know, they can be seen as possibly taking away some of our freedoms uh, in certain aspects and I know I've had, you know, old me come in and, and feel like some things that have happened the last couple of years do feel like they're, they're infringing on my rights as a person. Mm-hmm. And, but, but in our conversations, and uh, I actually wanted to read a quote that I had here that I think is applicable, and then we can get into that. Uh, the quote is, None are more hopelessly enslaved than those who falsely believe they are free. And if you think about that, if you think you are free... That was the genius of America, so to say, that 
before all these countries were restrictive, but uh, there was a great intelligence in seeing that if you give them complete freedom or what they perceive as freedom and then slowly take them away one by one or that type of thing, they, they will accept it because we're a lazy nation. We get bored with things like very, very fast. And so the powers that be know that people just get tired and lose attention span very quickly. And so it is very different times. And I know there's talk of civil unrest and civil war and that kind of thing. But, you know, and I'm not going to say that that will or won't happen. But I see the majority of people that I have met through my life don't have the discipline or the structure to really follow through with something like that anymore. Uh, I think it is more of a uh, pandemic type of warfare that we're experiencing right now, and we're not necessarily going to go down that road. But, but truly choosing to question authority, to question your family without judgment is the path to get to what you truly resonate with. And when these so-called freedoms are being taken away, just like some people suggested that when we were um, forced to wear masks, that that was taking some of our freedom away. And, you know, I happen to have the perception of, well, that's very similar to the seatbelt law, you know, that that got issued right when I was turning 16 to get my license. So a lot of people, yes, felt that that was being like taken away from them, uh, that freedom but the fact of the matter is, whether it's a mask or whether it's a seatbelt or whether whatever it is, the majority of things, you still can experience whatever freedom you want as long as you're willing to pay for that freedom. Like if I get pulled over by a cop and I don't have my seatbelt on and they write me a ticket, see, I will happily pay it. I'm not going to complain to my friends or to my maid or to just the podcast because I got a ticket and this is so unfair. No, I chose to get on the roads that they produced that they still charge me rent to to drive on. And I understand that they have established this rule. And if I don't follow that rule, then it costs this amount of money. But let me inform all of you, when I get into a car, I don't just automatically put your, my seatbelt on. I've been through two head-on collisions to where if I would have had my seatbelt on, I would have more than likely been killed. So I still trust that that higher power to let me know whether that's a necessity or not. But see, going back to I'm willing to pay the cost if I get caught on that. Same if I go somewhere and they won't let me in their establishment because I don't have a mask on, then I'll either happily not go in the establishment or I'll go back to my car and I'll get a mask and I will comply. See, that doesn't, in my view, I am not giving up my freedom because I'm still making the decision of whether I want to partake in this or not. And there are stronger and deeper subjects that we're not going to touch on all subjects. We are talking in general in this one-hour podcast. So please don't attack me with all of your individual uh, specifics, but I am open to discussing them because most of the time life is really pretty simple the way that the true laws work, the universal laws. And that's what we're looking to break everything down to see all of this stuff as simplistic as possible so that we can manage it. And this concept of freedom going back and bringing back in that the true 
free will that we may have is our perception while realizing that every other so-called free will is being influenced in some way or another. And that if we're willing to pay the cost for going against our cultural um, or worldly rules, then the freedom is still there. Freedom doesn't mean that it's free. (laughs) This is the dichotomy of this word, that people think that because freedom has free in it, that it deserves to be free, but everything has a cost due to the laws of polarity, due to the laws of physics on this plane. As soon as you put attention in one direction, it creates a void somewhere else. That's the cost. It can be a monetary cost. It can be an energetic cost, but it would be very wise for all of you listeners to just consider the cost around your wants or your desires. So once again, there is nothing wrong with wants or desires. We just want to work towards them not ruling our contentment or our happiness. And for me, in my own path, it was getting to that to, as soon as I have a want, to just consider the cost. And then that helps me to determine whether to pursue that want or not. You know, we do that in our Uh, financial institution, you know, uh, right now, of course, Aaron and I both are really into vinyl uh, albums. And, you know, we have to make that determination. There's certain things that we want, but it costs a certain amount. And then we decide whether we want it. But it doesn't mean that 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 won't goes away. We may never get it, but that won't may still be there. But see, the key is whether it dictates our happiness, contentment or sadness. So that one free will you know, can be summed up just that our perception may be what controls our heaven or hell experience here on this plane. I kind of want to wrap this conversation up with discussing what we can do if we do feel like we need to take a stand, but doing it more in a conscious way where we're redirecting the energy towards something more useful. So, one place where I kind of take a stand is with food. I want nutritious food. I want uh, food that's going to be more of a, a medicine for me than just a filler for me. And I realize that the government subsidizes that the filler types of food. And that's why we see it all throughout the inside of the grocery store and it's cheaper than the outside of the grocery store. Right. And so I've accepted that. And rather than continually putting my, my boot down and yelling at Congress to change it, I've redirected my energy towards trying to grow my own food mm-hmm. because I have more control over it. I can put you know, the love and the time and the energy, all the, all the things that I w- would hope that people would do for me, mm-hmm. but I have looked at the cost and accepted the cost and put my... I guess the cost being my time, my energy, my love, all those things I just mentioned and deciding that that is where, you know, where I want to put that amount that I have of those things into growing my own food because that is important to me. Uh, So what other ways, maybe examples, uh, can people place their energy in a more conscious way, a more, um, a way that may serve their cause a little better. So when I, when I say that, what I'm getting at is maybe uh, the, the saying, put your money and your energy where you want to see change. Right. 
So, no, I think that's a great question. And hopefully I can simplify it by saying that when you want, of course, a a different uh, result, you have to do something different. And when you're shifting and working on this energetic level, that that passion to to want to make that stand. And some people will even say, I'm doing this for my children or my grandchildren, and we got to stop this. Well, once again, I'm not saying that whatever stand you're making, there's anything wrong with that. But at the same time, I would just question and say, well, how loving are you really to your family and to your kids? How much time do you spend with them? How much are you involved in truly their their learning in this life because for you to go protest or uh, stay in anger uh, uh, because of the posing view, normally that anger translates to frustration and anger at home. And so even though this person is justified in making their stand and I'm doing this for my children, but then they get and they spend a day in opposition and then they come home and their child gets to see them in that anger, in that disappointment, in whatever. And that's the example that they're setting. So everyone that's listening, whatever you're deciding to do, realize that you're setting an example. And any of you that have children, you know, especially young children before teenage years, just realize that when they turn teenagers and they become rebellions, you've taught them how to treat you by how you have treated the world or your friends or your oppositions. And so, see, many parents don't like dealing with the children in that way. But every time someone brings a problem child to me to work with, I inform the parent, you have more than likely been a big part of training them to react this way. And many times that's hard for the parent to see, but very rarely does the work need to be done on the kid? It's normally the environment. See, the children are the product of their environment. So I want to work with the environment, which normally the, the parents, and you change the way the parents interacts with the child, the child changes. You change the example that the parent is giving for the child, the child changes. But if you tell the child to change, but the parents doesn't change, guess what? The child doesn't change because they see hypocrisy very early in life. And when you see hypocrisy, you lose respect. And normally when respect is lost, then everybody is just reacting. They're not responding anymore. They're just reacting. So I'll sum that up to just say, pay attention to what example you're setting, just not for kids, but for everyone around you. And that energy that you're spending to defend may be more useful to just be a, a better or a different example still standing for the same cause. It's just a matter of how you're choosing to exhibit your so-called protest. And finally, the most useful thing we may possibly be able to do is to work on ourselves and find wellness. And I think if most people did that, moved uh, or pointed all of their external arguments inward to look at themselves without judgment. I think that's, that is a big key here. The world would pretty much fix itself, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a whole concept of subtle energy. And, you know, it, it is revealed in our culture 
with opinions. But see, energy is building behind the opinions. But when one person has an opinion, then another person gets the same opinion or similar, and they build, that power of that opinion increases to a point that it can be violent. So realizing that, yes, whatever you're putting your energy in is building, and you're not always able to control the mass energy that is created. Uh, this this is the whole part of that you can so-called make a decision and think that you made a choice, but you can't know all of the variables that come with that choice. So when we get into co-creating or manifesting, as, as people ask me often about, it is this idea of you're either working to be the dictator or the director are you working to be in the flow of the universe and how it's flowing? I'm not going to stand here and say that either one is right or wrong, but I just chose a long time ago to step out of the the whole idea of me making the world or my life the way that I wanted to and worked it into being in alignment with my soul purpose and my cosmic design and what life seems to be presenting to me. The previous way, I was chasing happiness and contentment and never even got close. But when you're able to be in the river of life and instead of paddling upstream and trying to go in the direction that you want to go and you choose to just pick your feet up and pick your hands out of the water and enjoy the ride, it's a whole different journey. And I want people to understand that I'm not talking about just living a completely passive life because doing this work that we're discussing, and that's what it is, is certainly not passive. It's the most challenging work that you can do to work through your family lineage and these influences and the fear that's being created by our our, uh, government and media and all that type of thing. So, see, sometimes when you look at somebody and they're still, they're doing more work than you have any idea can possibly even be done. So don't be entertained or impressed by those that are waving their arms and, and shouting and yelling and think that they are doing more than the quiet one. It's about energy management, people. And the more that you expend externally, the less that you have internally or the less that you have to maintain that. And this is what they count on, that we get very emotional and excited and then we get over it and we get exhausted. And keep people angry and tired and you can control them. So keep shining your light, beautiful people. Keep searching that authentic self. Keep communicating consciously and growing towards wellness on all five levels. Look at that. I didn't even have to be the one to be all... Ra ra ra! It was all Alexander at the end, <laughs> um, uh, you know. And to to leave off this episode, I did want to, or I like to add like a practical thing that people can do. And I wanted to bring in the wise, wise, the internal wise, and one that people can utilize when reflecting on their selves and and their own influences and preferences is asking, why do I feel the need to take this stand? And sometimes it's the question that can unlock. The, the answer, the information that you need. And I, this is one that has helped me a lot. Like really sitting with that, there's a lot of information to dissect there. Yeah, yeah. And I would just say that whatever that first answer is, to know that you can go deeper. And when you get that second answer, 
that you can go deeper because there there is a root cause. And in my private sessions, that's what I help people to suss out, whether it's pain or mental anguish or emotional suppression or whatever it is that normally there, as I've said before, the doubt is the first step to friction with internally. And the doubt exists in that spiritual realm, which activates the mind to assess and to judge, which activates the emotions to experience that judgment, which weakens the energetic field, which then makes the physical body vulnerable. So all of this stuff is connected. And yes, how we approach each situation uh, is either building us towards strengthening wellness or toward deterioration. And so whatever you're passionate about, yeah, ask that internal why and go past the first one, two, and three answers because you may get to an emotional gold mind that is once again been trained to you either through resonance or resistance that is causing you to have this stuck perception and bringing it back to that tree and seeing the strength and being rooted but flexible simultaneously when the storms come so that you can bounce back. So I have so much gratitude for this conversation. Mm-hmm. I love taking aspects of my old self and uh, applying it to our conversations and helping everybody out there. Yes. So Beautiful. thank you very much for being a part of this. All right. Everyone uh, enjoy the three minutes of stillness. Oh, thank you for picking up my slack there. <laughs> Stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness.
We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T-P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y.com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verity's Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment. It's sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.